What's going on, guys? In today's podcast, I'm going to discuss, it's going to be an all-fantasy podcast, by the way. Um, I'm going to talk about the top 10 to 12 players at each position, and uh, I'm going to use, of course, half PPR scoring because I think that's just kind of meat in the middle territory. And um, I'm going to look at where each of these guys were drafted so we can kind of see, like, who are the values and also how many um, significant values, like guys taken around seven or later specifically, how many values were are uh, consist in the of the top 10 to 12 at each position to kind of like you know just to basically just for an exercise to kind of learn and, and take note of and and um also i'm going to give you my thoughts on on a lot of these guys in terms of where i think they'll go from here right so we'll start with the quarterback position and of course qb1 right now is patrick mahomes it's not by a lot it's by a very very paper thin margin but he is the qb1 so if you spend a second or third round pick on him you know you're probably not upset with what you've got so far but the problem is and this is i'm, I'm not going to beat this horse to death on this podcast but the problem is when you take a quarterback that early understand that you passed up on um the likes of you know a Najee Harris a a uh, you know potentially even if Nick Chubb fell to the top of the second round which I don't I don't think very often he did but you you passed up on the point I'm making is this you passed up on some seriously valuable players uh, running back receiver that were available in that same spot and the number two guy on the quarterback list is Tom Brady and here's the thing he's averaging not even a half of a point behind Patrick Mahomes he's at twenty seven point two six. So, like, he's basically scoring the exact same amount of fantasy points as Patrick Mahomes so far. And Brady is one of the guys that was available in round seven uh, and some potentially even later than that. Maybe you got him in the eighth round but because uh, it was happening. So, yeah, Brady is uh, QB2, and obviously that's a significant value. So imagine if you have um, somebody like Tom Brady along with an Aaron Jones instead of a Patrick Mahomes, you know, if, if you would have spent your seventh round pick there, just saying. All right. Lamar Jackson is my QB is the QB three. He was my QB one, by the way. And I still stand by that. I think he'll end up this season finishing as the QB one. Just the hunch I have. I said he was going to have his best season as a passer. And I think what, what we just saw last week in a game where he had to pass the football and he did so at nearly a 90% completion percentage on, on, uh, you know, 40 plus attempts like that's pretty outrageous. And he came from behind and won the football game for his Ravens. So on Monday night football. So that was phenomenal. So like so far me saying he was going to have his best passing season, that was really exclamation marks by what he did on Monday night football against the Colts last week. And um, I still think the Colts are a pretty good defense, by the way. So I think that it's even more impressive because, um, you know, we don't really see team, uh, quarterbacks dice up the Colts all that often. I know this year has been, sort of hit or miss in that regard, but it is what it is. Lamar is averaging 26.77 uh, fantasy points per game. So just, you know, again, not even a full point, basically a half a point behind Mahomes and uh, Tom Brady. So uh, Lamar is your QB three. Your QB four right now is Josh Allen, 25.92 points per game. So remember now, Allen and Lamar were available, I believe in like the, I know Lamar was uh, available in even the fifth round in many drafts. And so that's, like I mentioned, that would be the earliest I'd consider taking a quarterback simply because of what Lamar offers with his legs. I mean, at any at any given week, Lamar can put up a 40-burger, right? Like, because he can have 100 yards and a rushing touchdown along with, 
you know, 230 yards and two passing touchdowns. Like he's just that dude, right? So he's a rare breed. Josh Allen can do that as well, but I don't think they're at the point now in Buffalo where they want to really run him to that extent just because it's not quite the same weapon of a Lamar Jackson with his legs, but he's definitely got – you know, some wheels on him as well. That hurdle on uh, against Kansas City on Sunday Night Football was pretty special stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, so what's the – okay, and let me just actually continue on because the, uh, the common theme between the first seven guys I think you'll find is interesting with the exception of one. But um, Justin Herbert is the QB5 right now, averaging 25.21 points, and that's largely on the back of what he did last week in the matchup that many of us benched him in, myself included, unfortunately. But yeah, Herbert so far, QB5, he was available in the 6th, 7th, 8th round. I I mean, honestly, I'm going to say he was available in round 7 simply because in every draft I participated in, Herbert was there in round 7, which I thought was not really going to happen, but he was for whatever reason. So anyways, 25.21. So not even a full point behind Lamar Jack. I mean, uh, Justin Herbert, I'm sorry, not even a full point behind Josh Allen. in uh, in that regard, basically a point and a half behind Lamar Jackson for QB three, number six quarterback right now is Kyler Murray at 25.1 points per game, 25.10. And Kyler was drafted, I believe in like the fourth round, somewhere in that range. So, you know, he's doing his thing, but again, what, um, the value difference in, in a Justin Herbert or Tom Brady in round seven is still significant, even though Kyler was not taken in the second round. Uh, QB seven was Jalen is Jalen Hurts, uh, 25.04 points per game. And Hurts was drafted very late, seventh, eighth, ninth round, potentially even. So that's what it is. And just on those top seven guys, as I mentioned, there's a common theme. They're all young guys, with the exception of Tom freaking Brady, of course. You know, Brady is 44 years old in year 22, I think. And I'm just off the top of my head, I'm guessing this. If we add up all the games that all the other top six uh, or, or top seven quarterbacks have played in, I think Brady's played more games than all of them combined. So that's pretty wild to think about. But uh, yeah, he is. So of all the top seven quarterbacks, though, six of them are you know in their first three seasons, and three seasons is the most, but most of them in their first two. Or I'm sorry, Mahomes, I think, is in year four. But you get the point. They're all young guys. Um, all right, number eight is Matt Stafford, a guy that I was pounding the table for, and, and he's definitely been a value so far, 2198 uh, fantasy points a game. Number nine is Sam Darnold. I believe he still leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns, not by a quarterback, but by anybody. So that's pretty crazy. Um, he's got 21.37 is what he's averaging every game. And of course, Darnold was basically in most leagues, Darnold wasn't even drafted. So uh, that's, you know, take that for what you will. And then in QB 10 was that is Dak Prescott, 21.14 points per game and I think that Dak would have been much higher rated except for the last couple games he hasn't really had to do a ton in in terms of passing the football as the Cowboys are one of those teams that can win in any way they need to win or or whatever the game plan or the game flow calls for so but Dak was the guy that was I think was available in like round six five or six somewhere in there so that's pretty looking like a pretty decent value so far as well uh QB 11 and 12 real quick are Daniel Jones who was basically undrafted and then Russell Wilson at QB 12 and Russell was of course drafted way too high again uh, no disrespect to him, but I I, I kind of warned you guys on that. It's a weird dynamic with Russell Wilson in terms of what he does fantasy-wise. And I know some of you are going to say, well, that's because he missed half the game against the Rams. I got news for you. He wasn't going to do anything crazy in terms of fantasy-wise against the Rams. So even in that second half or whatever it was that he missed. 
So that, to me, has almost no effect. Maybe he'd be ahead of Daniel Jones, but I, I think that's about it. Okay, so of these top 10, I mean top 12 guys, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six of them, six of the top 12, half of the top 12 players through five weeks. And five weeks is not as small a sample size as some might argue. It's almost a third of the entire season, right? So it's not, it's not that small. Um, six of these guys were taken in round seven or later. One, two, I believe two of them were undrafted altogether in Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones. And so, um, yeah, I mean, they, I think that is, again, why you don't draft quarterback too early. But and, and also, if you look at the difference between Mahomes and everybody else, it's not that significant, right? Like Mahomes is averaging, let's just round up and, and call it 27.3. If you go down to Justin Herbert, who's the QB5, who was available comfortably in round six or seven, is was averaging uh, is averaging 25.2. So he's basically up, you know, two points essentially behind Mahomes. So it's not like the value difference there is so significant. Like if it were a seven point, six point difference uh, per game, then, you know, I would say, okay, maybe that is worth it. But in this case, it's just, to me, it's not. So let's talk about running backs. We got Derek Henry is the RB one. And again, this is half PPR scoring. So, um, you know, I think that that's the best way to do this. And now, the big difference here with Henry compared to even the RB2 and Austin Eckler, Henry's averaging 25.5 averaging fantasy points per game. Eckler is averaging 21.6. So we're talking about a four point per game difference. And that may not seem huge, but that's pretty damn big, you know, in my opinion. So, um, yes, Derrick Henry's RB1, Eckler is RB2. And then we've got, surprise, surprise, Cordero Patterson as the RB3, averaging 20.4. Uh, points per game. Number four is, and again, this to me is surprise, surprise, Ezekiel Elliott at 18.2 points a game. So when you just look at the difference there between Henry and e Ezekiel Elliott, which in many drafts, I think Elliott may have even went before Henry. Um, we've got a over a seven point difference there. So that's pretty monumental um, in that regard. The RB5, and I think this will surprise many of us because it surprised myself, and that's Kareem Hunt at 17.0 points per game. That's right, before Nick Chubb on the season so far. That's outrageous. A couple years ago, not, not this year, I think it was last year, I made the case that Kareem Hunt was a far better value at, the, at his ADP than Nick Chubb was. This year, I did not say that. So far, that would have been an accurate statement to make. So that's pretty wild. And the reason for that is simply because he is their pass game running back. Like he's the guy that catches the passes. And he's also, in many instances, they use him at the goal line a lot. So his role is just built to be a more efficient fantasy guy because Chubb is more of a guy that when he scores touchdowns, they're often long touchdown runs, and he's not going to catch many passes, right? So, um, so yeah, so Kareem Hunt is the RB5. RB6 right now in points per game is Christian McCaffrey at 16.8. Of course, you know, you could make the argument that he'd be higher had he played more in that Houston game because he, he missed the entire second half. And that's a game where I'll give you he may have been, you know, up to the RB4, but I don't think he would be over where – uh, Cordero Patterson is right now at 20.4 points a game. Then you've got Najee Harris as your RB7 is at 16 and a half points a game, just a couple decimals behind Christian McCaffrey. So he was a value in the third round, basically early third round. Aaron Jones, 16.1 uh, points per game. And the thing with Jones now is he's trending a little bit down. He, we've gotten AJ Dillon and Green Bay has gotten more involved. And, um, you know, we, we're seeing just a slight 
decline lately in Jones's usage. So Nick Chubb is your RB9 at 16.1 points a game. So he's only averaging basically a point less than uh, Kareem Hunt on a weekly basis right now. So, you know, it's not like Chubb was not a value. Chubb is still fulfilling his value at where you drafted him at. It's just that right now Kareem Hunt is smashing his ADP. And in, in one of my leagues, I drafted Hunt, and I've been starting him every week. And the reason I drafted him, I didn't really have any intention to, but I think he fell into like the seventh round. And at that point, I'm just like, okay, you know, same with Tyler Lockett. Like I wasn't going to pass up on those guys in round seven, you know. So in two of my leagues, I took guys that maybe I wasn't super crazy about at their ADPs, but they fell and I drafted them. And I'm, so far, I'm pretty happy about it, especially with the Kareem Hunt situation. Uh, RB10 is Alvin Kamara. Wow, 15.9 points per game. So he is not quite the guy because in many, many leagues, he was the first running back taken on this list aside from Christian McCaffrey. Right. So being at the RB10 spot is a little disappointing. However, I will say what he showed um, last week against the Washington football team was extremely encouraging because I think he had like 16 or 17 carries and he also had five receptions for like 51 yards and I think even a receiving touchdown. So that right there is the Kamara that we're kind of like banking on and when we drafted him and hopefully for people that drafted him, um, I did draft him at number two overall in one league, but I traded him for the RB12 right now, Jonathan Taylor and Robert Woods. So I'm not super upset with that. I, I think I traded Kamara and Marvin Jones for Jonathan Taylor and, and uh, Robert Woods. And so the RBs 11 and 12 right now are James Robinson and Jonathan Taylor. So um, by the way, I drafted in my home league, I drafted Antonio Gibson and Jonathan Taylor. I took Taylor at like the six or seven spot. And then the second round, I took Gibson. Gibson is the RB 14 right now. So I essentially drafted the RBs 12 and 14 back-to-back to to start my draft off. So that's not a bad one. And I also grabbed in the third round DeAndre Swift. So, um, yeah, it's going all right for me so far. All right, wide receivers. Um, Mike Williams right now is the wide receiver one. That's right. He is the wide receiver one. Oh, and let me back up real quick. Running backs, only one of these guys was drafted, generally speaking, in round seven or later, and that was Cordero Patterson. So all 12 of your running backs were essentially drafted in the top three rounds for the most part aside from Kareem Hunt who was available mainly was being drafted in like the round five so that is um again that's why it's so important to take running backs early we always hear draft running backs early and we do we hear that for you know a lot of different reasons but I think the most important reason that you should draft a running back early is simply because you are not going to like you are so much more likely to get a top 10 to 20 or sorry top 10 to 15 running back in the first or second round it's very rare for you to get one of those guys later right you can't bank on getting a top seven guy like where um or a top five guy in the case of kareem hunt in round five so i think that that is um another is really again the main reason why you should draft running backs early but yeah most of these guys almost all of them were were going in the top three rounds okay receivers again mike williams is the wide receiver one right now which to me is bonkers i can't believe it and you know at this point i think that we're just gonna have to say maybe he'll just keep going i don't know but yeah he's the wide receiver one averaging 20.1 uh half pr points a game uh cooper cup is the wide receiver two yet he's a couple points below mike williams but their average is still the same 20.1 points a game number three is tyreek hill at 19.3 points per game so that's returning value if you drafted him 
even with a bad weekend there's because those blow up weeks are so dynamic with him you know it's almost worth having those weeks with him where he just doesn't do a ton because he's a weak winner when he goes off right so um so yeah 19.3 uh, for Tyreek Hill per game, number four, and this guy was extremely valuable in terms of where he was drafted. Debo Samuel is the wide receiver four, averaging 18.9 fantasy points a game right now and half PPR scoring. Um, so that's definitely a value as he was going. I got him in the seventh round in one league. So that tells you kind of uh, how much of a value he's been as a top four guy so far. Number five, Devontae Adams, 18.2 points a game. I would be willing to bet money that there's no chance Devontae Adams finishes this season is anything lower than the wide receiver three. I, I would be willing to bet money. So, so far, you know, that's still, in my opinion, returning value, especially when you have weeks like you had last week with Devontae, where just like Tyreek Hill, like he has those weeks, right? And he, that's what I call a, uh, a corrector. Like he makes up for anybody that you may have had that had a down week because he goes crazy in, in certain weeks. So I think that's uh, another one of the perks of drafting a guy like Devontae Adams, who also has a pretty high floor, which is why I ranked him higher than Tyreek Hill pre-draft. All right, number six, and this should surprise some of you, is Hollywood Brown, 17.9 fantasy points a game. Obviously, he was drafted pretty damn late. and I mean, he may have been even going like in the double-digit rounds along with Mike Williams. So uh, definitely has been a ginormous value. And over the last two weeks, he's been the wide receiver three, right? So he's he's only getting better right now. So that's looking like a phenomenal value. And right now, uh, you know, my instinct would be like, oh, yeah, I don't think he'll necessarily continue this type of production, so you should sell high on him. I don't think anybody's paying anything high on Mar on Hollywood Brown because despite the fact that he scored a bunch of fantasy points, I don't think people look at him like he's the top, you know, the, the wide receiver six on the season. I think that their perception is still a little lower on what's actually going on. Whereas the wide receiver seven right now, Jamar Chase is averaging a half a point less than uh, um, Hollywood Brown, 17.4 that is. And I think right now Jamar Chase, as I you guys heard me and Josh talking about it yesterday, Jamar Chase to him is, is somebody that you, that he's thinking he should trade you know, someone like DeAndre Swift for, which I think is completely batshit crazy just for the record. Um, but that just shows you the difference in perception because one of them kind of reaffirms their preconceived notion, their pre-draft opinion of, of said player. Like they thought that Jamar Chase had this kind of potential. No one thought Hollywood Brown did. Therefore, the, you know, they're, even though Hollywood has outscored Chase so far, you would think that it was the other way around in terms of trade value. That's why I'm a big fan of selling high on Jamar Chase because I think you can get a guy like DeAndre Swift in exchange for him. So I love that idea. The wide receiver eight right now is Justin Jefferson, averaging 16.2 points a game. DJ Moore's wide receiver nine, 16.2. He's got a few points few more points than the wide receiver 10, but their average is roughly the same when you round up, I guess. DK Metcalf is averaging 16.2 as the wide receiver 10, which, um, you know, that's actually not bad because I felt like it just feels, I think you guys would agree with me, it feels like DK Metcalf hasn't done a ton this year. Um, so, but he's still the wide receiver 10. So I think that there will probably, when Russell Wilson comes back at least, there'll be better days to come. The wide receivers 11 and 12 are Mike Evans, which surprises me, and Terry McLaurin, which does not surprise me. That's kind of right where I would have had him. So um, I like that. And so let's look at how many of these guys were drafted in the seventh round or later. Well, the, the wide receiver one was available in double-digit rounds, so Mike Williams is one. Uh, Debo was available in the seventh. 
at least I got him in seventh. I don't remember was exact, what his exact ADP was, but um, I'm thinking in the seventh or so. And then you've got the wide receiver six, Hollywood Brown was available in the double-digit rounds, Jamar Chase. So you've got one, two, three, four of the top 12 that were available comfortably for the most part in round seven or later. So, you know, um, not quite as crazy as quarterback, obviously considerably more than running back though. So um, that's why, again, it's okay for me to be drafting my receivers in the fourth, fifth round. I mean, I'll take my wide receiver one in the fourth round comfortably. I'll, I'll even in one league, I took my wide receiver one in the fifth round. I went running back, running back, running back, running back in that one. So uh, Miles Sanders as my, fourth round running back has been disappointing, but it hasn't hurt me because my receivers are producing very, very well for me. And even though I drafted my first one in the fifth round and uh, I mean, I drafted Debo in the seventh round of that draft. So that's why my team is four and one, you know, when you hit like that. And I think that I knew, and I think we all know there's a gigantic opportunity to get a Mike Williams, a Debo Samuel, a Hollywood Brown, a Jamar chase in those mid range rounds, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, uh, you know, it happens, right? If I would have done this a few weeks ago, we would have seen Marvin Jones, I believe, in this top 12, you know, so and that's a guy I got in the 11th round. So anyways, tight ends. Let's talk about some tight ends. So the tight end one right now is a guy named Rob Gronkowski, and I know he's only played three games and that could skew it or whatever, but he had been extremely productive in all three games, averaging 16.8 fantasy points per game. Tight end two is Travis Kelsey at 15.2. So, so far, He's returning value on you. I think that right now I should have included him because I do believe this in a guy that you should trade and sell high on right now. I think Travis Kelsey, I just have a feeling it's coming a little bit of a dip in, in production in terms of elite level production. We've seen it a few times this year, but we've also so far seen some of those blow up games that where I think he'll continue to have those, by the way. So maybe his season long ranking will finish higher than where I perceive his actual value. But right now, I'd consider selling high on him. But so far, if you drafted him in the in the late first, early second, I guess you've convert. You know, you you've got a little value out of it. However, think about this. You, let's just say you drafted Kelsey in the early second round. Okay, you passed up on a guy like Austin Eckler for that. You passed up on a guy like you know even Najee Harris. Right? Those are guys. In the case of Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler is averaging twenty one point six fantasy points per game. Okay. Kelsey is averaging 15.2. You know, you, even a guy like, um, let's say, Aaron Jones, right? 16.1. So he's still averaging a point more, right? It's not crazy, but it's just the point I'm making is the value there. You know, in, in many cases, you're almost, I guess here's what I'm saying. You are almost assured to get a guy that's going to finish top 15 running backs, which means he'll average right around the 15 points a game mark, right? The RB10 right now is averaging 15.9 points a game. And whereas if you take Kelsey, you need him to be the tight end one so, uh, in order to return value on that. And even then, um, you know, you're not going to necessarily get any more points per game than you will than the RB 13 or whatever. So, um, all right. The tight end three is Mark Andrews right now on the back of that gigantic, I think it was like a 40 fantasy point performance in PPR scoring at least, but he has, he's averaging 14.1. So far this season, Dawson Knox right now is the tight end four at, at 13.0 points per game. Dalton Schultz is the tight end five at 11.8. Uh, Darren Waller, the tight end six at 11.6 points a game. TJ Hawkinson, the tight end seven, 9.9. .9. And then you got Kyle Pitts, 9.8. David Njoku off the back of his huge performance last week, which by the way, let me just go ahead and reemphasize this. If he's available in your leagues, pick him up. 
if you need any, if you're not super set at tight end, because I really do think that we could see more of what we saw in week five with Njoku moving forward. Tight end 10 is Logan Thomas at 19.2 a game. And then Hunter Henry and George Kittle are the 11 and 12 tight ends. So, of course, some people spent their second or third round pick on George Kittle. I didn't advise doing that. And I know he's hurt now, but the point is this is points per game, right? So this is not like overall points. So I think that uh, you can kind of see what's going on there with Kittle and why it is risky to um, to draft the tight end that early. But in terms of these top 12 guys, where they – where they were drafted, who was available in round seven or later. You got Gronk was available in seventh or later. You got Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz. You got David Njoku and uh, Logan Thomas and Hunter Henry. So six of the top 12, right? So I think personally speaking that the quarterback position and the tight end position, when the year is all said and done, we're going to see right around six, if not more of the top 12 that were available in round seven or later. Now I do understand and I will acknowledge that the tight end let's just say 10, right, at 9.2 points a game in Logan Thomas versus the tight end one at 16.8 points a game is certainly a drastic difference in uh, in value to your team. But so is the any other position, right? If you go 1 to 10, you know, like quarterback, it's 27.3 to 21.4, uh, 21.1. You know, that's a six-point difference. Running back, Derrick Henry to the RB10 is almost 10 points per game different. It's, essentially, it is. It's nine and a half. Uh, points per game difference. And then you got, um, in, in regards to wide receiver, Mike Williams averaging over 20 a game to DK Metcalf 16.2 a game. So not quite as big of a difference there, but the point I'm making is, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a drop off in that regard. And um, I think that, uh, you know, what did we learn so far? Well, we learned that the philosophy of taking running backs early and then drafting your, you know, the bulk of your receiver group in the mid-range rounds, whether it be four, five, you know, four to 10 should be primarily spent on receivers. And I think if you would have done that, there's a very strong, and that was what I was preaching the entire time, by the way, there was a strong likelihood of you getting a situation where I've got running backs, Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, and I've also got Debo Samuel, you know, in many leagues have Robert Woods, and, um, you know, guys like T Higgins, guys like that, that are extremely valuable in top, you know, 17 ish options, even Justin Jefferson in round three is like the earliest I would have taken a receiver, I think this year for the most part. So, um, so yeah, man, in terms of, uh, guys that I don't think are going to sustain this production, uh, that are in the top tens right now are in at the quarterback group, I'd say Sam Darnold. I don't think that he's going to, I don't think he's going to finish the year as the QB nine or higher. I just, I think we're starting to slowly, but surely see a little bit more of the jets version of Sam Darnold, which I'm hoping is just a phase. And um, I do think Daniel Jones could be the guy that replaces him in that top 10 Jones right now sitting at QB 11. Um, I also at running back, I don't know if Cordero Patterson's going to continue this, man. I don't, I don't like, could he possibly finish as the RB three? Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think so. Um, but I do think there's a very strong possibility and almost a guarantee of him finishing at least as a mid-range RB2, you know, on the season. So in other words, a top 17 guy, right? 16, 17 uh, running back. So I think that's definitely possible. I'm also a little concerned about an Aaron Jones dip, uh, you know, and just because we're seeing more and more work from A.J. Dillon. And remember, this is where the word intent comes in handy. 
whereas the uh, this new regime, this new coaching staff and GM, essentially, they spent that second round pick on AJ Dillon. So they do want to get him involved. And now that we're seeing them try to get him more involved, and we're seeing it work with you know legit success, should tell us that maybe we could be looking at more of a um, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb type of situation rather than how it how it was for the first three or so weeks of the year and then in terms of receivers man i just don't know if mike williams is going to keep it up at this rate but i do think he's probably going to be a fringe wide receiver one the rest of the way which you know is certainly uh, a significant value and then when you consider i don't know let's say if i told you to sell high on mike williams i don't know what you'd get you know it really goes uh, i would i would say that's on a league to league basis meaning some people in some leagues might say hey this guy's a bonafide our you know wide receiver one so i'll give you deandre swift for him or whatever it might be and some might say yeah i don't think that's going to continue so it's it's really hit or miss on if you should sell on him i would just ride it out and hold him i think to be honest uh debo samuel would probably drop down to like a mid-range to high-end wide receiver two rather than you know a top five guy and then of course marquise hollywood brown and jamar chase i think are guys that you know, I'd be stunned if they both finished top seven. So it is what it is there. I think they'll be wide receiver twos the rest of the way, though. I do believe that. I think Hollywood's going to have some weeks where he's got a very low floor. And then for tight ends, um, Dawson Knox being top four is crazy. Dalton Schultz being top four, uh, top five is also crazy. I think TJ Hawkinson will rise. I think we'll continue to rise. I think David Njoku is someone I want to get on my team because I think he'll be uh, higher by the end of the season. I also think... Hunter Henry is a guy that was pretty popular on waivers this week, and I think he is going to continue to rise, which is why I mostly um, held on to him even through his slower start of the season. But, um, but yeah, man, I think that Dalton Schultz is here to stay. I think he's going to be a low-end tight end one the rest of the way. So, uh, But anyways, guys, I appreciate you listening. It's going to be in this podcast. Josh and I are doing a week six preview uh, tomorrow. So see you later. Peace.